Hello, hi everyone, hey listeners, welcome back to another episode of the show. This is Missing the Point with Miles David, and I am your host. Thank you for tuning back in. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. If you're a returning listener and you've been rocking with us for a while and rocking with me for a while, welcome back. I hope you've had a great weekend, and I hope that you are in good spirits and well. In today's episode, I have a little bit of a conversation meets rant meets getting some things off of my chest (laughs) but they're good things that I feel like you guys need to hear and they mostly 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 revolve around the wonderful the iconic the rising star that is Naomi Osaka if you looked at the title of today's episode I will be talking about Naomi Osaka with a good good I was gonna call him a good Judy but He might laugh at that, but nonetheless, my friend Faison joins me in today's episode, and both of us are huge fans of Naomi Osaka and what she's been able to do recently in um, fighting off some negative storylines about her in the press recently, and we just wanted to have a conversation about some of the narratives that she has been facing, some of the narratives surrounding her name, and also praise her for the work that she is doing because she has been accomplishing some wonderful things in the past couple of years on the court and off the court um in this conversation we definitely wanted to speak about our opinions on how she has handled her mental health and well-being because that has been a huge topic surrounding her for the past couple of months so i've mentioned it a couple times in different past episodes but i definitely felt like it was time for me to sit down and kind of get out my feelings about naomi osaka because i am a supporter and i do feel like she's been unfairly judged and criticized by a lot of different people and in a lot of different unfair angles so that's what today's episode is about is about kind of unpacking that a little bit and just having some conversation and dialogue around miss naomi osaka of japan so i am going to Hop on into the conversation. Um, it's, as usual, a funny, enlightening, and uh, interesting conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'll be back on the other side of the conversation to wrap up the show. And that'll be that. So, enjoy, guys. Oh, another one for the highlight reel. What would be the HP version of Siri? Oh, I don't know. Samantha. Samantha? No, it would be Alexa, right? I don't know. Google, I think. Well, I mean, she can go to Google. I don't know. We'll roll roll with Samantha, and that is actually a great segue into the very first game I want to play with you so our listeners can get to know who it is that I'm speaking to. Hi. Yikes. Hi, Mr. Matthews. (laughs) <laughs> hello everyone hello everyone <laughs> hello miles thank you for coming on to the show i appreciate it thanks for having me thanks for finally acknowledging one of my topics that i gave to you in the dms as appropriate enough to grace missing the point podcast with your presence <laughs> yes yes you know because you know you wanted me in the past and i'm like you know what i'm booked and busy by doing nothing you- <laughs> but i mean of course <laughs> but of course, you know, Naomi Osaka is a hot topic. And, you know, that's my girl. So, of course, I have to hop on. It's your girl. But didn't you just say it's like, mm, never mind. I'm not even going to. I'm not going to. That wasn't recorded. You <laughs> leave that where it was. It was in the past. What did I say? Don't past. look back, look forward. 
We don't. We, we we literally just started talking about that. We're looking forward. We're looking forward. Yes. In looking Thank forward. You. In looking forward, Mr. Matthews, tell the people how to pronounce your name. Phazon. Like it's who? Said like exactly. Phazon who? <laughs> like Phazon Love. Big Perm, aka Big Perm, <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's how you say my name, Mr. Phazon. I have a request of you and you're going to be my guinea pig because i am going to introduce a new segment to the show when i have guests on called serving 10 i'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions and they're going to be consisting of only one word and you only can give me one word answers the first answer that comes to your mind when you think of you know the question i'm going to give to you or the word i'm going to give to you it could be a person place or thing did i describe that well to you do you understand what we're going to be getting into Yes, I can follow instructions. You can Hopefully follow instructions. Well. Yay! We appreciate people that can follow instructions here at Missing the Point. Not you okay. trying to do me. I'm not trying to do you. I'm just trying to wish you good luck. And there are going to be 10 really easy questions. I guess one of the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Got you. First one up. Beyonce. Iconic. U.S. Open. My fave. Oh, fuck. Fave. <laughs> Nike. Adidas. I don't know. I mean, I like Adidas. Uh, continue. I hope nobody from Nike is listening to this. <laughs> Girl, they ain't worried about me. <laughs> they worried about me. They worried about me. <laughs> okay, okay, then. Association got you. Tennis. Serena. Podcast. Patience. I don't know. First thing that comes to your mind. That's not a bad word. Burger. Ham. <laughs> No, um, uh, oh my God, I'm terrible at this. Juicy. Juice, okay, even better. You went from ham to juicy, okay. Um, <laughs> speaking, kind of speaking of juicy, the next word is sweat. Body. Okay, body, yaddy, yaddy. The next name, this is a name, Terrell Grice. Ah, okay, um, can I do fame too? Funny, um, hilarious, sweet, all of the, all of the above. Aww. <laughs> Oh, we might yeah. have to send this to him. Two more, two more. Mm -hmm. Zoom. Meeting. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, Naomi Osaka. A hot topic. A hot That's going a hyphenated. Topic. A hot topic. It's okay. Even though you say one word, hot topic can be hyphenated, and you know, we know where the hyphen is. We, we went to school. Got you. Okay, we, good, it, good. It, it, ro it rotates into the conversation. There we go. Got you. <laughs> Well, yes. speaking, speaking of Naomi Osaka being a hot topic, let's get into a conversation that I feel like I have skirt, skirted around on my podcast since mm -hmm. it's been a hot topic, but I haven't invested in a full-blown podcast episode just about Naomi Osaka and the way that she's become a hot topic since like May, or pretty much since the top of the year. Actually, if we go to go back even further, she's been a hot topic since the 2020 US Open. Yes. So she's been, in, she's been relevant and on people's lips for a minute now, but especially in the past three months or so. And I've addressed certain parts of it on the podcast, but not all of it. And I feel like I couldn't just sweep it under the rug, you know? Yeah. Because certain things that are coming up in the media around her are just brewing things up in my personal spirit <laughs> your spirit in my spirit 
Got you. How do you feel about Naomi Osaka? Like, I, I know I, we, I just asked you, or I said her name in a quick fire, a quick fire setting. But when, when you think about Naomi Osaka, what do you think of in on or on July of 2021? What comes to your mind in the conversation of Naomi Osaka? Okay, so I guess this is like my moment to like express how I truly feel about Naomi. Yeah, unravel so, Yes, okay, so of course, US Open 2018, honestly. She wasn't my girl, because I'm gonna be honest, Serena, that was the moment where she could have and should have made history, but it was so much surrounding that situation. It kind of just made me like, ugh, okay. But it wasn't a hate for Naomi, it was just more so of like a, a more of my love for Serena, I think. But I feel like as time progressed and the more success that uh, Naomi Osaka got, it was a lot of negativity and it was in it kind of like caught me off guard well not necessarily because you know tennis can be very you know prejudiced and very and all of the ist very much so and they weren't ready for a, a black girl to like you know come through and shake shit up if in for lack of better words like naomi osaka did i think like i said with the negativity it made me have like a much more like have much more respect for her much much more love and especially it gained like a lot of traction after the US Open 2020, like with her making a stance with the um, the face mask and, you know, uh, speaking about the police brutality and actually getting tennis to talk about something that they rarely or never talked about. They were skirt skirting over that, <laughs> talking about skirt skirting yeah. over stuff. Like the conversation over police brutality. And I think that was important because like I said, it wasn't something people were ready to talk about. And Naomi, kind of force people to like open their eyes and open their ears and see like what's really happening because tennis can be very oblivious to a lot of things especially social issues so i think it was really cool that naomi opened the eyes to a lot of viewers and a lot of you know older individuals even though they weren't receiving what she was saying it made them like okay i'm at a grand stage in my career and sis i'm i'm winning so you have no choice but to see me and but to hear me so i and think that's, that was that's a young really age. amazing still exactly and that and from someone who was very soft-spoken. And I don't think people was ready for that. They just assumed that Naomi was going to be cute, very soft-spoken, very kirky, because, you know, she's always, like, I love watching her, like, little um, on-court um, on court interviews, like, after the matches, and she's just, like, so out of there. Like, it's, it's I don't know, it's just so funny. Like, she's awkward, she's funny. And I don't think people was ready to see her in a different light. And it was just kind of like they wanted that Naomi. And when she was just like, no, this is an issue. We need to talk about it. People didn't like that. And, and I feel like it was more. It's it's interesting. I wanted to bring up something you, you, you brought up when you started talking about Naomi. A lot of people always go back, especially now. It, it seems like it's in some ways so long ago, but in other ways it's not. They go back to that 2018 US Open final with Serena because for a lot of people, that was Naomi Osaka's shining, bright, here I am moment in the tennis world. For me, it wasn't. I think I go back a little further to her uh, Indian Wells win in like mm. March of 2018. And that's when I was like, oh, like she has the goods. Um, but if you actually, she kind of does the same thing herself. That's why I'm, it's interesting that you that you brought that up because when I picked up her documentary not that long ago and started watching it, that's kind of where the journey begins for her in the documentary. Which makes sense, like I said, because a lot of people have that as like their defining moment of hers. But it's interesting, though, how quickly she's gone from like that darling, awkward, 
cute black girl to all of a sudden being villainized for just simply wanting to exist the way that is comfortable for her to exist. And I think that juxtaposition of 2018 U.S. Open to basically 2020 U.S. Open is really a interesting stretch but then if you put it in context of her as a as a human which is what this conversation which is actually what i want this conversation and the conversation around Naomi Osaka should be is that and i think that's what she's trying to convey more that athletes are humans no matter how no matter exactly. how many expectations we try to put up there no matter how much money they rake in a year they are human and they have human emotions she's 23 years old to go from the shy, awkward girl who did not know what to do with the title she just won, she just knew how to go there on the court and play tennis, which is something that she did for hours and hours on end, to now being a spokesperson, not only for police brutality, but for mental health and emotional wellness in the workplace as a whole, especially in her workplace, which workplace, which is professional tennis. It's interesting how she goes from a 20-year-old to an almost 24-year-old. And in this four-year span, we're seeing someone basically grow before our eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess they say if you're not, if people aren't talking about you, I guess you're not doing anything right. Isn't that what they say? Isn't that what the people say? Absolutely. And the thing is, like, even, like, from, like, a personal experience, and I'm pretty sure any, any and everybody could talk about this, but when I was 20, my mind and my headspace was completely different for from where I am now. Like, me and Naomi are, like, the same age. I think she's, like, 20, 23, 24. I'm 24 now. About to she's be 23 now. She'll be 24. She's a Scorpio. She'll be 24. No, she's a Libra. Is she? I got that wrong. Yeah, I, when October are you, mixing up, are you mixing up Serena and Naomi's birthdays? Because I know Serena's Ooh. a Libra. No, I'm, yeah, Serena's a Libra. When because Serena's in September twenty the twenty sixth, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty Naomi sure Osaka's October. October. Exactly, and it's Libra. You know, we're gonna fact we're gonna fact check. This. We're, we're not gonna have okay. Well, fact check me. We're not gonna have my good sis um out here with the wrong zodiac sign. She was born October sixteenth. Oh, that might be that might. Didn't be I just Libra. say that a Libra? Because my bro- right. my brother's birthday is on the eighteenth, <laughs> and he's a Libra. So apologize. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, that does make her a Libra. I don't hate exactly. Libras. Sorry, Libras out there. I don't hate you guys too much. I'm screaming. They're cute. They're fine, you know. <laughs> mm. Get the party going. Not really. Right. Um, <laughs> well, let's, let's get let's get a timeline going. Um, speaking of that, and let's go back just a couple of months ago to Naomi going to the French Open, the 2020, excuse me, the 2021 French Open, which was in March, May no, of May. of 2020. Yeah, May. Wrong M. But yeah, basically the whole European swing was kind of like a E. Well, I mean, it was E from a result standpoint. If we're just looking at yeah. tennis, looking at tennis X and O's, her clay court season this season was not something to be looked at as like amazing, magnificent. Yeah. It wasn't that. But and I don't think anybody was really, you know, not to be shady, but I don't think many people was expecting that just from her like play style. Like it's very aggressive, it's more so power based. And I don't think Clay suits that style of play in general. So yeah. And her move, let me not. I don't want to I'm not picking her apart, but I'm just like, you no, know, you're speaking. not. You're not picking her yeah. apart, but I actually disagree in the fact really in the in the fact that you said people were expecting her to play well in the European clay court season. I think no, I said weren't. Yeah, I know they weren't. I think I disagree. Oh, okay. I think people were trying to see where her level of clay prowess actually was this season. Got you. Like, there were eyes on it because 2019 wasn't great. 
in 2020, she didn't really play. I don't think she played any clay court tournament. So it was like, mm-hmm. oh, she just won the French Open. The schedule was getting back to normal-ish. Let's see how she does on clay. So that put a little bit of pressure on her. And I think that pressure is what in some ways, um, which is totally relatable, that pressure was kind of like the the straw that broke the camel's back for her. If yeah, it was a, pit- context, a pivotal point. Yeah, it was a pivotal point. If you put into context everything she's gone through from that 2018 U.S. Open to now, so that French Open and right before the French Open, when she when she posted on Instagram that she was not going to do mm-hmm. press conferences, even even in spite of the fifteen thousand dollar fine that the International Tennis Federation was going to fine her for skipping them um, intentionally, she said she was skipping them because she. I don't have the original quote pulled up, but the conversation has been the conversation forever. So I know what she, which, what was implied or what, what people got from the original quote. She implied that it wasn't anything maliciously wrong with the press. It's just that feed, mm-hmm. she felt loads of anxiety and, and just tense, like tension when she would go into the press conferences and rewind to what I just said about like this being the season, the clay season specifically, where there were kind of expectations or eyes to, for to see what she was going to do. I think that was a little bit cumbersome from her and she just wanted to literally have a break from it. That is such a relatable feeling for anybody. If you really, really dig into Naomi Osaka, it should be relatable to like, get to put yourself in in the shoes of something just being a tad too much and you just wanting to readjust so that you can still I guess accomplish what you want to accomplish but the stress levels don't necessarily overtake you and I think that's what she was just trying to do the best way that she knew how it came across though it didn't come across this way for me but but for the other people who make it their business and their livelihood Megan Kelly, Piers Morgan, everybody else that make it their livelihood to basically talk about black women using their platform for anything other than what they think they should use their platform for. Exactly. It became, it became an issue because it looked like she was just this rich girl who all of a sudden, cause the timing of when she, uh, or when it, when it was announced that she was the highest um, earning female athlete in a long time. And it was like, that was her landing spot. That timing of that was not that far away from when she decided to not do any press at the not do any press at the French Open. So of course people tried to tie it as well. What do you mean you can't make time for the press? Yeah, when you're like, making you have all this money. Yeah, you have all this you have all this money. I think that's not really it's a it's a BS and, and bogus thing to basically expect somebody to have the bandwidth to do every single thing that you think they should do just because they make a certain amount of money. Yes, a certain amount of money gives you a certain amount of access and resources, but that doesn't mean that just because you feel that somebody has made it, that they have to do things in ordinance to how you see them. And that's what I feel like the conversation around Osaka has been and she's trying to twist it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I feel like with her statement that she put out saying that she doesn't want to do any press, it's it makes sense. Like, and honestly, it was more so of the fact that she felt like the press, you know, them questioning your ability, your, you know, questioning like your results and X, Y, and Z. It's like all these things go into your head. And I feel like she mentioned how like that makes you doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, am I good enough? Like, can I like go into the slam a hundred percent confident, a hundred percent ready, like with all these people at me even though they may not have a, like any type of malicious intent, it's just 
the questioning you you get into your head is just a lot to deal with. So I just it makes sense why she wanted to back out. And girl, I don't even want to get into Megan Kelly and Piers Morgan right no, now. No, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna oh, yeah, get we into are it. because we're the whole spoiled brat thing. I, I that, it, yeah, that narrative well. really it didn't sit well with me. Yeah, that narrative is really one that makes you want to come through the screen and yank somebody. Absolutely. But I think it is the the most the most disheartening thing about that whole French Open situation and her actually. Um, skipping the press conferences, there were there were two disheartening things. It was the fact that the French Open, the tournament she was playing at Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, and the Australian Open all came together yes. and told her that if she does not do these press conferences, that you could uh, face penalty up until up up and through being um, disbarred Dis- from the tournament or mm-hmm. dis- disqualified from the tournament. That's the correct verbiage. And first of all, that's never happened in the history of tennis. That's never happened for any other players who have skipped press conferences for more egregious offenses, uh, offenses, more egregious offenses, <laughs> a.k.a. Yeah. Novak Djokovic. When he uh, recently, I knew he was- recently, this has not even been a year ago, he hit a lion's woman in the throat. And I'm not exactly. saying, I'm not debating, I'm not, I'm cutting off the debate if you're, if you're listening to this. I'm not saying whether it was intentional or not. The fact is, his actions allowed a ball a tennis ball to be hit in the throat of a lion he intentionally hit the ball i said he intentionally hit the ball hit the ball but i don't think he intentionally meant it to go i hope my sister got a check i really i would have my my thorax or whatever this is <laughs> my girl my lift nose like i, I would have acted a whole plum fool if that was me but continue uh, he skipped press conferences after that. He walked exactly. He walked himself out of the complex, got into his car, and didn't do any press, and only made a maybe maybe an Instagram apology if that. And no one called him a brat. There, there, I think there were fines associated to his being disqualified from the event, but I do not believe. And even if there were fines for him skipping the press conferences, it was not made to be that. Oh, he's a brat because he skip the press conferences so do you see how interesting the narrative shifts when Absolutely. somebody that looks like Novak Djokovic compared to a Japanese black girl. Asian a, a Japanese and Haitian woman that looks like a black girl that, that and that's is a black just, girl and that's just one example nobody really made a well some people made a, a stink about uh, no, Roger no, it, but it's it was not to the point of how much hate Naomi Osaka is getting Megan Kelly like, didn't comment on it neither did Piers Morgan they, I'm sure they was busy things. somewhere doing something. <laughs> them old hags. I'm so dead. Oh, I just let's see where else where, where else I want to I want to go with this one. Um. Oh, that's what I meant to say. They bullied her into they bullied her into a corner, basically saying that you need to do this or else you're going to be disqualified. She pulls out because she doesn't want any of the attention to really be on her and it take away from the tennis tournament, which I feel mm-hmm. like it was a smart idea for her mentally and for said tennis tournament, like she implied. But she also they, because of the the powers that be in tennis bullying her in that moment, she had to come out and actu- actually actively and actually say 
what she's been going through as far as her mental health struggles and put a name on it. And that is something that I feel like you should not be required to do because nobody necessarily would require you to do it in your nine to five job. You might have to fill out paperwork and say, this is my, this is my disability, but it's not going to be something you have to literally make a public announcement about amongst your working peers and say, Hey, I have depression and anxiety and have been diagnosed mm -hmm. or struggling with it since then. And that was the saddest part for me to see her have to literally say, Hey, um, the reason that the, the press, the reason that I'm passionate on the press and the reason that it's, it's triggering for me is because I suffer from depression and anxiety. Thanks. Hope you can understand me now. Yeah. That, hope you feel better. Yeah. Hope about like, being did, a complete did, did asshole. To spell it out for you. Like, I was trying to tell you my business without actually going into X, Y, and Z. And now you're facing me and telling me that I have to spell it out for you and bear my bones. And even that still isn't enough. And you still think I'm privileged. And I'm telling you that I'm suffering yeah. from something that a lot of people suffer from. And I guess... And don't talk about it. And don't talk about it. And I guess part of me really is, in a way, moved and linked to this story because I myself have dealt with depression and anxiety i kind of call them like my cousins sometimes you know sometimes you know cousins i'm not, <laughs> I'm not you know sure uh, toxic cousins, relatives well listen listen you gotta you gotta, you gotta you gotta hear me out with this one sometimes you mm -hmm. know cousins they come over for the barbecue you shake hands with them hey how you doing how you doing and they go about their business they go home right sometimes cousins have sleepovers <laughs> or sometimes cousins have to come still for a for an amount of time other than just the hi bye thank you ma'am and that's what depression and anxiety can kind of do i relate to it when people say that they're going through it and that's what she said she was going through at a very young age because of the pressure that was put on her way back at the 2018 u.s open and the the media made her into this starlet from her perspective, and you can literally go to her, her Netflix documentary and hear it, all she wanted to do was to play tennis because she enjoyed it and make enough money to where her mom didn't have to work multiple jobs. It was either exactly. be great at this or be broke. And obviously, and then, the choice and then going was to be back, great. Yeah. Going back to like the documentary, it literally opened up with her saying, I think she said to herself, I think the amount of attention that I'm getting is ridiculous. Literally. Like she wasn't even expecting all of this. And you have to think about it for someone at a very young age to receive so much success, hold four grand slams, Australian and well, two Australians and two, you know, US opens and having them back to back. Like that is something that you're supposed to be like on the top of the world. But in actuality, she was at her lowest points. She was dealing with depression. And I think people assume, okay, she has all this money, like you were talking about. She you know, she's very blissful. young. She exactly. Be she should be now. grateful. How dare she? And it's just kind of like, no, you imbecile. Everybody deals with these things. And it's kind of crazy how people are like trying to make her out to be a bad person when we all suffer from depression. Depression is everybody's cousin. Like you was talking, it, it's literally for everybody it's like no set no there's no one person walking on this earth that has not experienced depression or uh not experienced experience any type of you know mental no unstableness so it's 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 ridiculous i just i i really appreciate that she's trying even though in 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 the battle of what she's facing as far as public scrutiny i really appreciate that she's really trying to take the lid off of something that has been looked at as so negative for so long in our country and she's well she is um a member of this country but for her to have the wherewithal to do it and be so young and be 
at, in a niche sport like she is and, and, and be so focused and, and focus is required from you to be a top athlete and be the world number one tennis player as she has been, for her to be focused on all of those things and execute on tennis court and also have enough wherewithal to not only shine a light on social injustice, but also shine a light on emotional and mental well-being that in itself is courageous, but also takes a lot and that can take a toll. So I think, I think it was also in the documentary, she said when she was going through the U.S. Open 2020 wearing her mask, she said she used to take her platform for granted a little bit. And granted, it was Mm -hmm. a platform that was just filling out for her, but she's, we we also have to keep in mind that we're dealing with a sub 25 year old human. Her brain isn't even fully developed. I don't believe not saying, and I'm not (laughs) saying that she's, I'm not saying that she's making less than less than smart decisions or making any kind of decisions because her brain is less developed, but it puts things in context. We're not talking about a 35 year old woman that has had more life experiences. This woman's experience has been for the most part, been hours on a tennis court. And she's done well at it. And yeah. she's on, there's a there's a yin and a yang to almost everything. Like because she sacrificed so much and her and her her family sacrificed so much for her to be in this position, some other things kind of go by the wayside. And it's not anybody's fault. But what if one of those things is just her mental health? And what if she's just now becoming comfortable saying, hey guys, I know that I can kind of come off as like the awkward, funny, don't really know what to say black girl, especially in public, but here's the reason. And maybe she's just now putting the two plus two equals four of that together. And mm-hmm. the 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 sad part, but also good because it creates these kind of conversations. The sad part is she's doing it right before our eyes and people are scrutinizing her for it without even giving her the grace as they would to, I can name a whole list of other players they probably would give grace to, to figure out their mental health struggles. Oh, I just thought of one, Ash Barty. I was just going to say that. I'm like, I, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, Ash Barty, because she's been very consistent and she, but my thing is no one, she's under the radar. Like, she's crazy. number one. No, it's praise the break that she took. The break that she took when she was going through her struggles of not understanding or not having motivation or just simply needing a break. She took one and she came back to the sport and was a better person because of it. And her results showed that she was better because of it. And she's now praised and it's a consistent addition to the storyline of Ash Barty. Whereas Naomi Osaka, she didn't play tennis between the French Open and the Olympics, which was maybe a little less than 60 days and people are on her about her inability to fulfill requirements or calling her soft as an athlete or saying in general that she's part of this soft generation but it's interesting that her literal colleague who is not Ash Barty's 25 they're not that far apart yeah literally took a year plus off from the sport and did so in 2020 not because it was had anything to do with her mental health because she's from Australia, but she literally just did this in 2020, went on a long hiatus of not playing tennis. All was well. There was no, there was no clawing down. There was no switched, switched and, and tarnished narrative about who she is as a person. It was praise. And I think that just shows how much further we have to go as a society when it comes to accepting black women's stories as as what they are and not trying to twist them and and to vilify them or to make them seem as if they have some kind of ulterior motives or just simply trying to put them in that, I hate this word when it's used in the context 
of what people are trying to use it because it, it it's so nuanced and so layered and I know what they're trying to say, but they're trying to be politically correct. They use the word diva. I cannot stand when they call, especially this situation. I hate mm-hmm. when I when I hear anybody give commentary and call Naomi Osaka a diva. That is How a literal is, slap in the face. You said what? I said that's like a literal slap in the face. Ex- especially like I'm expressing in this situation. To you. I'm ex- ex- mm-hmm. I'm express. Go ahead. I'm expressing to you. No, I'm expressing to you like what I've been dealing with. I'm expressing to you how I've been feeling. And what's so crazy about it is like tennis is glorified for like, oh, it's such a mental sport. You know, so many people talk about like it's physical, but also mental is a huge aspect of it. So many coaches talk about it. I mean, hell, Patrick Moratoglu even says like mental, like being able to have like your a good head on your shoulders before stepping out on, on a court is important. So why is this narrative or why is like seeing Naomi Osaka expressing hey guys my mental's kind of off you know i won't be able to perform at like my tip top you know performance where i'm usually performing at why is it an issue when she voices that why is that a problem when she's literally saying hey i'm not okay and people are just making it out to be like making her out to be a bad guy i don't know it's it's no it makes sense because if you turn on any kind of segment on almost any sport, they bring a dialogue or a conversation about how mentally tough or how the fortitude or how you have to be able to comp- um, compartmentalize in almost every sport, but especially tennis because you're out there by yourself. You know, it's another sport where you kind of do a lot of solo things, gymnastics. And yes. Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles are kind of being looped together as being these quote-unquote divas who are being selfish or not, they don't, the, the, the naysayers and the trolls, and they don't go for the diva route, they go for the selfish route. Well, hey, I can at least understand that one because yes, like you said, you guys are always telling us how important it is for our mental to be checked in and lasered into and focused into the game. Here I am, I'm Simone Biles, I'm putting myself in her shoes. The things I'm doing with my body while rotating in the air or balancing on a two centimeter, uh, centimeter beam or jumping from beam to beam in six feet of air, these are things that could literally one slip in my life or injure me or put me in a capacity where life is no longer sweet anymore, you know? Yeah. Why, if I know that I'm carrying such a burden to where I am feeling depressed why would i get up on a bar why would i get up on a stage and literally risk my life when you're the one telling me how important mental mental focus is and i'm telling you i'm not focused and now you're telling me or i'm supposed no, to get out there something wrong with me no get out there and push it so if i push it if i push past my limits like you guys always say athletes should do if i push past my limits and then i walk up to the mic and say i really was feeling depressed before i went out there what are you going to say what are you going to say then? What's the, what's the conversation going to be? Or what is the conversation going to be, God forbid, if we keep asking these athletes to push and push and push and always say nay to their mental health and they just go out there and completely crack? You're going to be calling, you're going to be saying that they're psychotic, but in actuality, they could have been crying out for help the entire time, but they knew they were going to get this bullshit response. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Absolutely. I just... I just really, and it gets, it gets me fired up because I just don't understand how it doesn't make sense for other people. Especially, <laughs> especially at a younger age, especially dealing with 24-year-olds whose backstories, this is, where, this is where the world we're in kind of should make things easier to digest and make sense. 
Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles, their backstories are splattered across the internet. You know, based, you know a lot more about Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka's um, upbringing more so than you do you do mine because I wasn't brought up with a supersonic athletic gift that had cameras around me from the age of 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So we know kind of what their life has been like and they've been open about it because there's been a spotlight on them for so many years. And you know the struggles that they've gone through, you know how much they've sacrificed and yet you still don't give them the grace. You expect them to be robotic and just do and do and do and always reach these pinnacles. And it's like, do you even do that in your nine to five grade? Exactly. Like, like, come here, Ben. Thing. Come here and talk. I want to talk to you, Ben. Ben, do you give all? Of, do you give your all Monday through Friday? Your nine to five. Do you like? It, it, is your performance that great where you are always meeting your metrics every single time? Like, you get on Twitter or Instagram and expect Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles to do. Exactly. Are you meeting your deadlines, Bill? Are you Are you not pushing back your deadlines because you need more time? Are you sure? Are you waking up on time for work? Are you, Are you paying late? your child support? <laughs> your baby mama and your, chi- your child is like on the street. Like, I feel like people really need to take a seat back and really realize that they are more than just athletes. And I think that was much like, that is a cry out. Like, I don't want to just be appreciated for my gift. I don't want to just be appreciated for like, you know, the money that I bring these big corporations. I also want to be appreciated for being a fucking human. Excuse my French. I want to be appreciated for being a human with emotions, with feelings. And I feel like that's just not translating to people why and how I don't know. I don't know. You appreciate me on the big stage when I'm using what my gift is, but you don't appreciate me when I'm just coming to you as a human. Like that's that's that 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 that's wild to me. So wild to me. <clears throat> but speaking of wild, the reactions to Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles' decisions to basically prioritize their mental health, like I said earlier, has gotten the the likes of people like Martina Navratilova, Piers Morgan, mm-hmm. and Megan Kelly talking and giving backlash, saying. And never to Lova's literal definition of what Naomi Osaka should do. She should just woman up. And a lot of people are, uh, I've been using the phrase skirt, skirt over in that. Um, yeah. Ask People Magazine, ask USA Today, USA Today, because they made some glorious responses about how Martina Nevertilova tweeted out to Naomi Osaka that, you know, she feels bad after she had to pull out from the French Open. But if you go and look, and I hate to sound like Monique when I, when I say this, but people show you People show you kind of who they are right in the trenches sometimes, yes. especially if you compare it to what they say when they think everybody's looking. You got to really compare what people say when they think nobody's going to pay attention to when the when the fire really is hot. Never to Lova, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. I don't I don't think I've gone in, in, into depth, but Never to Lova was asked on the very first day of French Open coverage at the Tennis Channel what she thought of Martina Never to not not Never to Lova, what she thought of Naomi Osaka's decision to skip press conferences. And in her verbiage, she literally said she needs to woman up. I was like, I have it on DVR. I can go back and replay it. And I just was just I I couldn't for the life of me understood why she was literally given a spot while Naomi Osaka was warming up for her match to give her critique and she all but said 
suck it up, move on. This is what you asked for. You get paid millions of dollars. Go ahead and do it. Oh, oh, oh but it gets more interesting. When Neil Masaka pulls out, then you're like, oh, my God, I feel so bad. And yeah, that's, the story, that's the story they run with as if you're comforting her when in re- reality, you were a part of the peanut gallery that was talking about her. But they don't 100%. run with that story. They don't, they don't want to run with that story. That story is not an interesting. The, the narrative that this tennis legend is somehow comforting Naomi Osaka is the narrative they want to go with. But in actuality, that same legend was a part of the, the, the process that she was trying to rid herself from. People being unnecessarily critical for no reason. And that's one thing I don't understand. Like, as a quote-unquote legend, Martina, you literally walked in her shoes about 85 years ago. Like, you, you know what it's like to be a tennis player. What, she has, like, what, 18 grand slams? Like, you, you've been on the grand stage. So, you meaning to tell me throughout your entire career, you've never had a low moment. You've never had a sense of depression. Granted, social media was not a thing. Um, girl, I think they was writing on rocks back then. But, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know exactly. You should put yourself in her position to know what it's like. But then again, she's not a black girl. She's a white girl in tennis. So, I mean, you... you is like how much, undertone, how much could she understand? That's an undertone that really makes me itch because if you look at the other two people I mentioned, Megan Kelly and Piers Morgan, if you look at the people that they consistently have it out for or consistently take digs at on their social medias, what do they look like? They don't look like them. They don't. They don't look like Piers Morgan or, or Megan Kelly. They look like LeBron James. They look like Megan Markle. They look like Naomi Osaka. They look like um Simone Biles so and what's funny when Piers Morgan was saying spewing out all the ignorance that he was talking about he literally tweeted a picture of Serena Williams with him and Serena Williams basically it was giving very much see look I'm not a racist I, I took a picture with the, the the legend herself and it's just kind of like that is so not what we're talking about and I feel like that's the issue you feel like you have to push for like listen look there, here's a black girl that I took a picture with the legend herself and like, if you were it, to it, add like a if you were to add one of those text bubbles above Serena's head I bet if she could go back to that picture she probably was thinking all right here come this nigga let me take a picture with him that's probably what she was thinking and in his mind he's like oh my god oh my god I get to have this picture with Serena and she's just like all right boy come on come on let me let me fake smile like I normally do girl I gotta feed chip like I got things to do (laughs) are are, are my are my boobs okay that's probably what she was thinking are they are they perky today (laughs) Mm -hmm, girl I just you, you said just, you had a good drag in your spirit for uh Miss Megan Kelly. And I wanna you know what I wanna bring up some of the things that Megan Kelly legitimately said. Yeah, please refresh so that, my memory because Yeah, let me let me refresh the listener's memory and my memory actually. So Megan Megan Kelly called out Naomi Osaka um and basically implied that because she's been doing these things like just for just just on the cusp of things that she's been associated with, she's been on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue as the first Haitian and and Japanese woman to make the cover of that magazine. She looks amazing, by the way. But some some Twitter user said, since saying she's too introverted to talk to the media after tennis matches, Naomi Osaka has launched a reality show referring to hey referring to her documentary, which is not the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> a Barbie. Disrespectful. He said a Barbie, and now I was on the cover of the SI swimsuit issue. Megan Kelly 
takes it upon herself as a quote-unquote journalist who actually, if you do the research on Megyn Kelly, she's kind of been blackballed herself because she made some very ignorant comments about blackface, I want to say in 2017. I, rem- I remember seeing about a video about blackface that. and Halloween and how she didn't think it was an issue and she had to kind of double back on herself and say how she was educated and sorry. And it looks not. it looks like now she wants to get back into the good graces of the of the people who really don't really want to see other black women succeed. So she goes ahead to say, let's not forget the cover of an interview in Vogue Japan and Time magazine. That would imply that she's actually been keeping up with Naomi Osaka, right? Like a fan should. You should be keeping up. And Naomi Osaka knew that she was a fan, so she replied to her. Naomi Osaka said, <laughs> exactly. Girl, let me do my you're a journalist. Naomi Osaka said, seeing as you're a journalist, I would have assumed you would take the time to research what the lead times are for magazines. If you did, if you did that, you would have found out I shot all of my covers last year. Instead, your first reaction is to hop on here and spew negativity. Do better, Megan. And that was so cute. It was, <laughs> it was a cute. cute, it was a, the, the do better Megan was, but I would have told her, listen here, bitch. I was <laughs> No, I want to give it to her, give it to her. What, what would have been your reaction if that would have been your Twitter mention? I don't know. I, honestly, okay, well, I'm going to start by saying this. I watched the video because I have to give a shout out. I don't even know if she listening. A shout out to this um, news anchor. She's a part of like MSNBC. I don't know if you've seen it. It was Tiffany Cross. And basically, literally within the first 20 seconds of the video, she got Miss Megan Kelly together. I have basically link that into the podcast description because I saw that and she please. absolutely dug into Megan Kelly's ass. She with grace did. and class, even though she didn't have to do either one of those, she, she didn't curse. Just gave she her didn't curse digging. really, but but she was just like the fifty-year-old bully. <laughs> the fifty-year-old bully bulldozed her way back into well, tried to bulldoze her way back into relevancy by coming for someone who's achieved much more in her lifetime, her short lifetime, her career lifetime, than Megyn Kelly has done in the, what, spoiled, banana-like 50s been on this earth. So it's just kind of like, why are you making it your duty to speak on someone who's has done nothing to you, honestly? And Literally like you said, nothing. Was, Literally nothing. Literally nothing. <laughs> existing. And I think it was just such a poor, a poor move for her to do that. Like, it's, it's not that hard. Google is free, sweetie. We all have to access. If your Wi-Fi and your connection she, is not that good. Why should she even have to use Google if you're Megyn Kelly and you literally been on the seat of nationally syndicated talk shows? Bitch, at this know, point, you are a search engine. Like you, like, you know what it takes to have a Barbie doll drop. You know what it takes to have a documentary come up on Netflix. You exactly. are adjacent enough to know what a magazine cover takes. They don't shoot it on Monday and then on Friday it comes to everybody. It comes album. out like no. Like, come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on now. And who else got on my nerves? Um I want before I get on before I get on the other guy. Megan Kelly went on to say after Naomi Osaka blocked her. Blocked. Mm-hmm. Poor Naomi Osaka blocked me while taking a shot at me. Guess she's only tough on the courts. Listen, as I Girl. read this, as I read this right now, Megan Kelly would have to see me. She'd have to see me. If, imagine- if I was Naomi, I would have been like, you know what? I would have unblocked you. You know what? Let's have an interview. Since you're a journalist, sweetie, since you're a Billy badass, let's have an interview. Not she over Skype, not over Zoom. I'm vaccinated. Uh, you you should be vaccinated let's as well. Let's see each other. Let's be in the same room. Let's be in the same room. Period. I'm gonna feel that energy. Yeah, let me let me make sure that this Twitter energy you got and these these little subtweets and stuff. Make sure you keep that on my shoulder when we see each other. Mm-hmm. She said, she and I would have racket arguing. in hand. 
She said she's apparently arguing that she shot her many covers before publicly claiming she was too socially anxious to deal with press. Truth is, she just doesn't like the questions she can't control, admit it. Yeah, if I would have read that, I would have needed everybody in my team to not show me that tweet because I would have had to see Megan Kelly. Exactly. I'd, I'd like, have to tap her on the shoulder. I'd have been like, hey, 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 hey. So let's see, sis. Who are you talking to? <laughs> like, I'm Tamara, what's Tia? Like, that's, it would have been very much like, no. Like, that's irritating. And so many people was just like, oh, if she can do all of this and, you know, win all these places. I mean, and that's another thing. People were talking about, like, she can do this when she's winning, but when she's losing, she can't take on the, I'm like, but it's, it's an issue that probably has been brewing. It's an but issue you, that just... But when you have a bad day at your job, don't you want to go straight to Starbucks and go home and get in the bed? Don't you? Hello? Don't you? Because when I had a bad day at my job, girl, I called in and said, I need a mental health day. True <laughs> shit. I told them, I can't, I can't deal with this. <laughs> I'm, I just I'm need not. a day. And you mean to tell me Martha over there in the comments, Miss Martha? Because I know it was a woman named, sorry if your name is Martha. I love the name Martha. But I'm just generalizing here for the sake of, for the sake of laughter. Laugh with me. I know there yes. was a Martha somewhere talking about, well, yeah, I agree, Megan Kelly, because she's doing all of this and she never conveniently wants time for the press, but we're supposed to think that she's this great athlete. Yeah, we are. You because can't she, exactly she, has, she literally has the trophy cabinet to prove it. Are you number one in the world? Are Quickly. you even number one at your office? Hello? Are you number one in the region? <laughs> They're probably just keeping you around, sweetie, because it's tenure. Like, get get a grip. <sighs> Get a freaking group. It is just so irritating because they're all, they're all white. <laughs> Most no, no, of them, they, they really are. And, and majority of them old and older the, and whiter. And I that think that's the, the issues with her are white. They are. They simply And are. that's the issue with tennis. It needs to change. And I tennis, feel like they're not ready for it. Girl, I mean, time is, is changing. So, uh, and that's, that's one of my, I guess one of my tears to having this podcast is that people like you and I exist, right? Like mm -hmm. how long would you say you've been watching tennis and being, ex being entertained by it? I started playing at like eight or nine, but from like, as far as watching it, like avidly 2012, like obviously the London games, Olympics, you know, with Serena, Jimmy Williams, that <laughs> was like my start. Like, Oh bitch, I have to watch this all the time. So 2012 is more so when I actually started to stand hard. That's almost a decade ago. Oh, I'm old. No, 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 no. That, that goes to show how consistent and like there's depth in your fandom. It's not like you just became five years ago, a, a yeah. fan five years ago. And there's I, double that for me, right? Because I started watching in like 2005 and being completely transfixed since then, right? There are people like you and I that look like you and I that are of the orientation that you and I are, that live the life that you and I live but don't have representation in the sport that we spend our time watching and being entertained by. Tennis could do so much better in just conversation and just represent, representation of people that actually play the sport. Because if you go to public parks, you don't just see one type of person. And, At all. But if you turn on ESPN or Tennis Channel, nine times out of 10, when it comes to the people that are asking Naomi Osaka these questions or pitching ideas to the network or hosting events on the network, they look one way. And I'm not saying that there aren't outliers because there are, but for the majority, hell, I think ESPN just posted a picture after the wrap up of Wimbledon and everybody was wearing white and everybody was white. <laughs> white don't look good on white. Sweet. And that mean, and there was, there was one exception. There was James Blake, but I mean, girl, 
I mean, we we he, I mean he's a brother, yes, and we also have Shonda Rubin, but literally Shonda Rubin and James Blake are the only two people that I can really think of when it comes to like sports coverage that and are people, really indoctrinated into tennis coverage. You're absolutely yeah, right, occupying yeah. those spaces in tennis. So I and I've always been someone that thought like it needs to change. Like we have Coco Goff, we have Sloan Stevens, of course. I mean, she's a little older, but. We have Naomi Osaka. We have all these black girls coming up. Like it needs to be repre- like representative of who's in the sport. Because tennis, to be honest, the athletes are not just white. There, there are different shades. Tennis different is hues. Just so steeped in tradition, and the tradition was that the athletes looked like that. The athletes were just white because they put so many. I, we use the term paywalls now in 2021, but that's the equivalent of what they did back in the early 1900s and 19 whatever, when tennis was founded, they made it to where there were guardrails and exclusions to where people like you and I, or people that didn't have the utmost um, resources in the world couldn't play the game, but that's changing now slowly, but surely tennis is still a very expensive sport and tennis for all intents and purposes is not the easiest sport to just pick up Mm. and play. You need a very healthy village around you and a very healthy checkbook. If you want your, your, your child to grow here or your personal game to grow, you like it requires a certain level of commitment outside of just football, basketball, and baseball. It's something that you kind of just have to pour passion into unlike, not unlike, but a little more so than other sports. Um, and they just do not make it easier. And then conversations like what we're having now or or narratives that are building around Naomi Osaka of being a diva or being a brat are not really bringing people to the sport. You're actually making it more more elitist, which is not what we need. We don't need people thinking that these athletes are divas, especially when they're not. <laughs> At all. Like, do not paint that picture because I feel like that would honestly taint her career. I already feel like it, it's already implemented and embedded in a lot of people's minds, a lot of older people's, to be honest. But I mean, imagine someone who looks like Naomi Osaka, you know, so happy to see representation and hear the words that people are spewing the hate that she's getting for just simply existing. They're going to be like, wait, if I play tennis, if I play tennis like Naomi Osaka, they're going to talk about me that way? Exactly. Instant fear of not even wanting to play the sport. Boom, we just lost a potential next Coco or next Serena. I'm not saying that those like those kind of athletes come a dime a dozen because they don't. Like we we mm. know it's hard to get to and up through the ranks of tennis, but you just never know in these kind of conversations and this 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 dialogue around Naomi Osaka and just other athletes is really what I think detrimental to really making sure sport, not even just tennis, but sport is open to people that want to enjoy it. And we all, I mean, the, the, the benefits of playing a sport and really having a passion are, have been, they've been documented for so long, whether they are attributes or benefits physically and mentally, but to make it seem that these athletes are selfish or weak, which is what I see a lot of on the internet the past couple of weeks and months and days about Simone Biles, about Naomi Osaka, in them prioritizing their mental health is just a completely cruel and detached thing to really imply, in my opinion, because it makes you like, are you not human yourself? Right? Do you not feel? Do you not have emotions? Do you not have a bad day? Do you not have bad days? Do do, do things not become kind of like overwhelming for you at any point? Or do do you handle things perfectly every single time? Is that what you do? 
because I don't know people that do that every single time. Everybody has a story. Everybody has no um, Hannah Montana. Oh, wait, that's not her name. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I was going to say, everybody has mountains to, cl- to climb. Ay, 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 yes. Everybody we all have the struggles. Everybody has something, and you really don't know what that is for said person, nor should they have to bear the bones of their deepest, darkest thing, darkest, dark, their deepest, darkest things that they carry just to satisfy someone else. You know? It's crazy. And you never know the depths of like how severe the, the mental illness is. You never know if that one, like them voicing how they feel and getting all this hate could be the turning point. Like, well, damn, I thought I was doing the right thing by explaining to you idiots that hey i'm not okay and i figured that would have been a good enough like you know good enough reason for y'all to be like okay you know what let's not give her all this hate but no it's amplified get out of town like get out of town everybody everybody has breaking points no carrie hilson okay like (laughs) that's my girl (laughs) but it's okay she tried it she tried everybody has them Everybody has them and they should be respected, even if you are a multi, multi million dollar earning athlete and at the pinnacle of your sport, when you go to bed at night, you snore just like I snore, most likely. Now I it might be on it. it might be on satin pillows. <laughs> Hello. It might it might be in a it might be in a top tier condo, but you snore just like I snore. And you go through things and you have dreams and you have aspirations and you have letdowns and you have breaking points, just like any other human. I wish other humans that glorify or or put on these athletes on their television for entertainment would stop and understand that, especially when said athlete is telling you, hey, I need a break. Respect it. Respect it the same way you would want to be respected if you were in that same situation. That's That's what I want to see happen. I need to see that happen. Like the world has to get there. There's no need to be turning and twisting narratives and building people to be villains and, and unnecessary divas for what? Because what, what, what happens if Naomi Osaka just really sits down one day and is like, you know, I can just stop all this shit, right? Who's going to, who is that going to benefit? We're going to, we're going to lose an athlete that clearly performs well at her sport and is above expectation already at 23 years of, of age you want her to just quit because if you keep pushing somebody and you keep these online narratives and you keep bullying people on social media that's an option and then what's the conversation going to be you're going to call them weak again right so it just never stops it never exactly. stops. it's cyclical exactly it's right. like it okay damn stops. it if you do damn it if you don't right so if you're listening to me i could just do what you want to do because we're supporting you people are supporting you most people hey girl, are for you to follow you. me. <laughs> if you are listening, <laughs> if you are listening, I really enjoyed the documentary. Um, I yes. really enjoyed um, the SI swimsuit cover. Beautiful. Oh, and I really enjoyed your SB speech. Whoever put that SB look together, I don't know if you remember that, but sweetie, she, she had that that she middle part ponytail. Listen, skin let's more talk, moisturized. Let's, let's talk about Naomi Saka's fashions because that's how I wanted to end, end oh, our yes. conversation anyway while we're recording this, the Olympics are wrapping up and although Naomi Osaka didn't necessarily bring home a medal, she still looked great out there in her matches. Those braids. Hello. It really gave 2012 <laughs> London, London games, you know, Venus, Ebony star Williams. Like it was, it was cute. If I, I was a braid here for it. were to ever be braided. 
it would have to be Naomi Osaka's braids. Please. Those were some of the best braids I've seen on a woman of color. Not to say that, you know, Erica around the corner don't be rocking her braids well. I'm pretty sure she does. I'm sure she does, actually. Well, Naomi Osaka looked wonderful and, 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 and to wear those beautiful black well, braids are synonymous with black culture, so I can say beautiful black braids. And with hues of red, yeah, and allow that to be your hairstyle and just swag while lighting the torch for the Olympic ceremony on, on a grand. That was I was hoping you were going to say that on a grand stage, representing Girl, if she didn't representing win. her culture, representing her culture, and representing the fact that her culture is not just one dimensional. She's not just one thing. She's 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 not just Haitian. She's not just Japanese. She's a mixture of all of that and a mixture of being a, a regular American girl as well. I think that's what makes her so cool. And I wish I wish and I want people to focus on that than the other stuff, because clearly she is finding ways to persevere through all the bullshit and look great doing it. Because, again, doing it. Exactly. <laughs> the braids are braiding and that ESPY award. Um, look. Look, the ensemble. I feel like look isn't good enough to. It, it, that was an ensemble. <laughs> Moisturized, beautiful, opulence. It gave all of those things. And for Netflix to give you the go ahead to do your own three part documentary, you're doing something. Coin. Right. Come on now, come on. And who who makes who makes Barbie dolls? What's the what's what's the company? Matt Mattel. Them. To have your own, I think your own Barbie doll in your own image and likeness. There, there is so much going right for her that I would hate for the stuff that people are just scattering to kind of just distract her to actually distract her because she has so much talent and she's and and, and just just going to like tennis X and O's. Yeah, you can watch, you can listen to her game. I'm not listening to her game. You can watch her game and see that there may be room for improvement. But again, nobody's perfect in any of their craft. You can be outstanding at your craft and still want to perfect it. I.e., Kobe Bryant. I.e., Michael Jordan. They can I. tell e. you firsthand. Any any of the greatest athletes in the world can tell you the reason that they're great is because they're constantly finding something to improve on. Whether we notice it or not, when they go to the to the practice and there's not a million and five cameras watching, they're working on something or perfecting something or keeping something at a certain level for them to succeed. And you can see that Naomi Osaka has that drive about her. So I, I want this to be only a a bump in the road. Uh, like a, a speed bump. I, I want her to keep winning. I want her to keep proving everybody wrong. And if that means she gets the the unfair narrative of being a diva, so what? The people that really care about her can clearly tell that that's not that's not the case. And At and it's, it's not fair to be called a diva just because you don't want to do a couple press conferences at one tournament. When if like, I'm really now. keeping it a buck, if I'm really keeping it a buck, y'all, if if it if it's 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 my like I'm the reason. If you want to call me a diva, let's be a diva. I'm the reason you're here. I, I'm the reason you don't you're call talking. you don't call the 116th ranked player that just won in the first round up to a press conference. I don't find that footage on YouTube. I, they don't put that on YouTube because no one cares. And I'm sorry to say that. And I know that might sound harsh, but if you're if you're not winning. If, and, if, and if you don't have a, a, a story, nobody's going to want to call you for a, for a media press conference. You want me there because you're interested in what I have to say. And if I hold that kind of weight in your life, if I'm telling you no, respect it. Period. Exactly. Period. A clear boundary. 
period. If I mean that much to you where you want to gather around and have your camera on me and, and I'm the focal point, the focal point should be able to say, hey, not today, period. Like that's not a hard concept. You need me just as much as you think I need you. When I don't really actually need you. I need the ball to come bouncing my way. I need my racket to be where I want it to be. And I need the the tennis them checks to, to be, clear to be swept. That's all. That's all. I need the to checks do, to, to clear. do my job. To do my job correctly. Everything else, that's that's your job. That's that's mm-hmm. that's what I would say. I'd be like, hand me the ball. Just hand me the ball. Ooh, you know what mm-hmm. I thought of when I just said that? You know how like Serena, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, I'm gonna be very, very underwhelmed. When Serena, they do the coin toss and like she goes to the net and she does her little skip and she does the, she does the, give me the ball. If there's yes. a moment that I start doing this, ah, it's that moment. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I completely, it's, it's, it's kind of her signature. And I don't know if she does it at, at look, look how I went into Serena Williams. I don't know if she like does it every every single match but i know when she's coming for a match when she does her little skip and a hop and she said that she tell that y'all can't see what i'm doing with my hands but maybe i'll try to find a, a video of it and she uh signals that ball boy to come with the balls she ready for it she ready she's for like, it <laughs> oh, i'm here i'm here <laughs> she does it against Sharon Hole for sure i know that much <laughs> oh i don't even because that is a whole conversation that i'm willing Oh, you know Ooh, you, you what? You're willing to have the Sharon Popa versus Serena conversation? There versus sweetie, don't you ever disrespect Serena oh, Jamie Williams. Yikes. There is no rivalry when it comes to Serena and Miss Sugar Pova. Huh. She she better be happy with them candies that she got selling. Don't don't do it. They said they're really good. Up they said they're really good. I've never had them, and I'm not going to support her. Oh, I don't support cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> we support winners, though, and that's what Naomi Osaka is. A winner. Yes. I have a daughter and I would never do that. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to revisit that. You, you know, know it's really I, not, it's, I think I've said this on the podcast before. It's not, I think on the last episode, actually, it's not fair how like John McEnroe gets reveled and t-shirts getting made for the whole, you can't beat that serious thing. When Serena actually like has, icon- Serena has iconic lines like iconic we just, maybe we should, maybe that should be my t-shirt um when you know what i'm not even, i'm not even gonna put my idea out there but like there should be a, a line of t-shirts with serena williams sayings don't take that idea from me if you're listening to this let me have my idea i'm, just telling them, I'm like girl i ain't about to take no idea <laughs> i'm t- talking to the listeners don't take my damn idea okay but yes make the your way that- shot Make your shot <laughs> there should actually be one for aura scene too get out of melbourne get oh, out of melbourne I- <laughs> I love speaking of Orisine, I know this is like a this is so unrelated to like Naomi Osaka, but the King Richard um movie that's coming out, everyone's like hyped up about you know King Richard, obviously an icon. I am happy to see how that lady is going to play Miss Orisine. Cause I know she's a tough mama. She is like a roundaway mama. She's like somebody auntie. I'm really ready to see that. Why the face? Y'all can't see the face, but he has a face. Why the face? Tell me. Express, speak, the, the vocalize. Trailer, the trailer did not make me think any of those mm. things about this movie. If anything... Really? Yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of people say that the trailer made them emotional. It kind of made def- me cringe. Shameful. You, because you're, you're I, a and I, and Listen, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to necessarily speak on this, but we have a couple minutes, so I'll speak on it. Sorry, just <laughs> stick with me, y'all. I, ooh, let me get this out and let me be concise. Mm-hmm. I am in love with the idea of this family, 
getting a story and the story being told on a platform where millions of people can relate to it, engage with it, and um, learn from it, right? Super love that because that's that mm-hmm. kind of Richard and, and Oracine creating two tennis champions in Serena and Venus is a iconic story. What I don't think is iconic is the way they went about casting Richard Williams with Will Smith. And I know Will Smith's production team or production production whatever had something heavily to do with creating this movie. I understand that. But mm-hmm. I don't think Richard Williams or I don't think Will Smith looks like Richard Williams at all enough at all. to actually play him, especially when Richard Williams could literally show up to the screening and, and, and the premiere and put them side by side. This man hasn't passed. This man, like, like wishing, wishing him all the blessings and help, but they could stand right next to each other so you could see the difference. As a rebuttal. Angela Bassett don't look like I knew you were going to say that. Good out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. And that's not the point I'm making. That's not the point I'm making. Well, Angela actually, Bassett, it, 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 it's part of the point I'm making. It's part of the point I'm making. There are certain outliers where the actor doesn't necessarily be a, have to be a spitting image of the person that they're portraying. I no. just think it would have been nice. And we know, like, we can name options of Black men who could have fulfilled that role. Who would you would have liked? Or they could have went in another direction and given somebody that wasn't as well-known the opportunity to play that role because there's also some familiarity. How do I how do I get this out and not sound crazy? Familiarity with Will Smith in the fact that we know him from so many films and so many shows. True. It looks like he's coming off as acting like Richard Williams and the whole like trying to have a lisp thing during the trailer. I was cringing at that. It just looked like Will Smith trying to be Richard Williams when it really could have been somebody portraying Richard Williams and and allowing us to kind of be swept up in the fantasy of that actually being them, like Serena, Oracine, Venus, and Richard. You know, I'm I'm not going to feel that feeling of being swept up when I look at that. I'm going to be looking at Will Smith. But I think that's the beauty of acting, you know, as a fellow thespian, I feel like it's, it's all about the way he can portray the, the, the story and the way that he can tell it. Let's give it a try. Let's, let's give them a chance. Yeah, I'm not trying to drag it through the mud. I just wasn't yeah. moved. Like a lot of I was my, moved. my peers were, I was just like, and, but I, I and, think, and, mm. I think it was, the, I think the emotion came from the fact that we know how much Serena and Venus have gone through and how iconic their story is and for it to finally be told or yeah finally be told like it's the beauty in it and I think that's kind of what conjured up like the emotion every single time that I've watched I've watched it like over a dozen times and you I know think- what now that I'm being a little I'm, maybe I'm being a little hypercritical I'm sorry y'all know I love Serena and Venus but Richard wasn't their only coach so the name of that movie being King Richard, like I understand how they can kind of want to do a movie about him, but it took more than him to create the entirety of what they're talking about. Maybe so, they lay down in the bed with Miss Oracine and maybe Venus and Serena. I feel like it had, he has every right to be considered King Richard, and we can go on and on about this. I think the whole manifestation of him right writing a 78 that. page. He has every right to be considered that, but it was not just him. It yeah, it takes a him. village, but mainly if you even Venus and Serena will credit because I remember they would try to they ask like, "Oh, who's Who your, your um, coaches?" <laughs> yeah, Richard, Richard, my mom, girl, me. I'm not about to credit no white man. I'm crediting my father <laughs> and my mother, and that's that on that. 
Periodo, huh? So everybody, this is free promo. I ain't getting paid for this. Go out and watch it November 19th. King Richard in theaters and also on HBO Max. That you actually comes to, out to... Do you have to pay huh? for it on HBO Max? You got to pay 37 months for HBO Max. I know I had it. Oh, Honestly, I, personally, HBO... I personally don't have a login information with my own profile. Okay, coin. Okay, well, send it my way. <laughs> well, wait, I, that's, I still don't have to actually pay for it. Wait, does that mean I can, oh, go no. watch, I can go watch Black Widow on Disney Plus if I have Disney Plus too? I have to pay for that. I don't know. We're I feel like if it's because I know that they were, I know HBO Max is like the one streaming service that's like pushing movies the same time that they're being released in theaters. In theaters so because know. we're in a pandemic and nobody should be going to movie theaters. I haven't been to a theater in over like not a prop way over a year because first off, I fall asleep in them. I was fun just fact. coerced to go into one recently actually on a date. Not coerced. I really, <laughs> I really was coerced. I, no, it really was a coercion. I, I, I the, the date was not supposed to go into a movie theater. Um, but I miss it. But then again, I, I feel like I really The movie like I saw asleep. didn't make me miss movie theater either, actually. Mm. I saw that, I I saw that movie. Popcorn. What's the name of that movie? Um, the Conjuring? No. Um, Just kidding. No, I don't, I don't like scary movies, which is why I didn't Ooh. want to go see this. It was, um, they were like playing a, a, a deadly game or like, um, I don't know. Oh, um, um, they were on a subway? About? They yes. were on a subway, yes. The escape was, room. The escape room part two or whatever, Justice League, Game of Champions. Yes, yes. Um, what? Escape room, <laughs> escape like, room. It, that's what it was called. Escape, escape really? room, Game of Champions. Or you said Justice League. Well, same thing. Same thing. <laughs> that's why it threw me off. I'm like, wait same a minute. Thing. Justice yeah. League, Marvel fans, All-Star America, same thing. Yeah. Waffles, all that. <laughs> You know what? We have gotten very off track, and that's fine because we can we can we can pump the tracks right here because I feel like we have both gotten our pieces off about Naomi Osaka and just the overall general narrative around it. And I just really wanted to do that so people understood where I stand, and I needed your help on the podcast as well. <laughs> so I'm yeah. glad you took the journey along with me. It was it was a fun and much needed conversation. I hope that it enlightens people that needed to hear it. I hope that all of the good things that come from me creating these conversations and podcast episodes does all the good things that I in, intend for it to do. So thank you again for actually um, coming on to the show after I've had to beg and beg and Bye. beg and beg. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. I'll take like two of those begs away, but whatever. Whatever. Tell the people where, tell the people where they can actually find you on Instagram since you're so famous. And Boy. just to come in, just to make it go full circle. I know there's somebody that's listening to this that enjoys the Terrell Grice Song Association show on YouTube. Yours truly, Faison Matthews, has been a guest on that show. So tell the people where they can find you. Hello everyone. My name is Faison Matthews, just like my co-host Miles. <laughs> I have to do my drop. No. Um, no, you guys can follow me on uh, Twitter and IG at Faison Shamar. That's F-A-I-Z-O-N-S-H-E-M-A-R. And that is it. I have a TikTok too, but I mean, girl, I don't. TikTok really is know. so hard for me to understand. I can watch them, but like. I was like that them? last year, but now, like for the past week, I, I, TikTok has been my thing. It is so funny. Black, I, oh, I love seeing. Like you can actually black. create some content. I mean, like, quick little cute, you know, something, attention grabbers. I can't TikTok is more that. so for people who have, like, short attention spans. So it's like Vine, but Vine 2.0. 
I you know? really used to enjoy Vine. You know, we're going to have to have a conversation about this. We're going we're gonna to have a conversation. So got you. let's wrap up and get out of here. And that was fun. Are you? Bye, y'all. <laughs> All right, everybody. Here I am back to wrap up today's episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that you really got a feel for me and Faison's affinity for Naomi Osaka and where we stand on where she stands in pop culture. Like we stand with her in her movement and message to really prioritize her mental health and well-being overall, even if that means over important tournaments, Grand Slams, Olympics, what have you. Um, I really just want to see Naomi Osaka be the thriving 20-something awesome athlete that she is and already is. And I just want to see her continue to thrive. And that was just kind of the whole premise behind doing this episode and getting some feelings off of my chest towards those who had negative opinions about Naomi Osaka. Because in my opinion, she's not a diva. She's not doing anything that any other 20 something year old is, um, or would be doing. She's, she's finding her own lane and doing so in her own time. And I think she's doing a beautiful job of it. So if you enjoyed what you heard in today's episode, please do check us out on all social networks at missing point pod, subscribe to the podcast. So you get notified of new episodes, review the show because that helps us grow. Click on the podcast description for more information on how to support the podcast. And don't forget to send us your questions or feedback at missingpointpod at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, have a good week. Take care of yourselves. Please do your best to remain vaccinated and masked because we are still in this pandemic. And I will talk to you guys soon. Take care.